I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. This is Conversations with Olivia Jade, an iHeartRadio podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Conversations with Olivia Jade. I am really stoked for today's guest, and she's actually a longtime friend. When I had my app, I had an app when I was like, I think 15 or 16, and we did a video way back in the day. Um, Her name is Katie Austin. She's an amazing fitness and um, health connoisseur influencer. And um, I'm just really excited to have her on to give us some insight on all things health and wellness. So please welcome Katie Austin. Hi. Katie. Hello. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast. I'm so excited. I was just, when I was introing you, I was like, so when I was like 15 or 16, I had an app and Katie and I filmed a video. Do you remember that? I remember that you're actually unlocking a memory for me right now because I didn't remember it before you just said that. Like, I actually don't remember it. And now I do. It was so funny. You came to my apartment. Yeah, that was your old place. College. I know. Yeah, I oh just graduated God. from college and you came over and we cleared out the living room and we shot like how many workout videos? I don't know, but like I remember I was super young and I had no idea what I was doing. Like, I never worked out. I was probably like, what, 14 or 15? <laughs> You were so young. Oh, my God. So young. Crazy. Crazy. So we go way back. But for those um, listening that don't know who you are, can you give like a little intro as to who you are and what you do? 
Yes. So long story short, um, I am from Virginia. I went to USC. And then after college, I became a sports broadcaster at Fox Sports West. Then um, the last, like, I would say three-ish years, I've been really focusing on my fitness brand and being like more like a fitness personality and doing you know more in-home workouts. You know, 2020 hit, especially that ramped everything up too. So I have my own app. It's called the Katie Austin app. I have over 170 workout classes there. I have my own show called Austin AF. I have my own um, Snapchat show too. It's a cooking show. So I do like, I show like different recipes of the week. And then I just became a Sports Illustrated swimsuit model. So the issue comes out in a month, I think. I don't know if I'm allowed to That's say, but it comes so out soon. Exciting. And I'm really excited. Woo. Oh my God. I'm so proud of you. That's huge. Thank you. It's been a really, really long process and it's like still kind of crazy to say. And I guess I'll officially be a rookie when it comes out. I already shot in Europe and in Montenegro, which was crazy. It's been the longest journey ever to get to be an SI. I had to audition. I first auditioned in 2017. And then I feel like I, I remember through. seeing this on your Instagram. Yeah. yeah. And then in 2020, I auditioned again and it was a year and a half process. And then I ended up winning. And so I am going to be in the magazine, which is crazy. That's insane. What's that process like? Did you, did you, do they just host auditions and you go somewhere and then? So basically they open it up to the public. Anyone online can join. If you like, that's the whole reason for swim search. They open it up to, you know, everyone who doesn't have an agent. So for someone like me, who is not a real model in quotes per se. So I auditioned online. I turned in my tape. I posted it on Instagram. And then about six months later, I got a call back and there was 22,000 girls auditioning. And I got a call back. I think it was like a 200 girls. And then it narrowed it down to 13 girls. And then, um, yeah, it was a year and a half process. And then I ended up winning it. And it, it's just been really wild. Uh, a lot of different like little things here and there, like little milestones of the year and a half. Like I shot in Atlantic City and then I walked in uh, Sports Illustrated Swim suit uh runway show for Miami swim week wow and then yeah just kept doing like social stuff and uh yeah it's crazy still that's incredible congratulations that's Thank huge I can't you. wait to see the photos same um, I, I haven't even seen them <laughs> they haven't sent you any no I mean I got one debut photo but uh when I open the magazine along with the rest of the public is when I will find out what photos Oh my God, they're going to look amazing. So you've been into fitness obviously for a while because you grew up around it. Yes. So Do you want to talk I, about that a little bit? Yeah, I would love to. So I grew up honestly in the fitness industry. It sounds crazy, but since I was six weeks old, or you could even say like in the womb because I was in my mom's pregnancy videos. And so she was doing workout videos with me in her belly. So literally I've been in the fitness industry forever. And my first workout video when I was like actually learning a choreographed routine was when I was seven years old. I had to go through like so much practice to learn workouts. And so I've really been in the industry for a while because my mom is Denise Austin, but a lot of the people listening to this right now will probably not know who she is because she is a lot yeah, older than young. us because <laughs> we're so young. She was like in the eighties and nineties with like Jane Fonda. Um, and so basically she had her own show on ESPN for 11 years, lifetime for about 15 years. And um, so she has like the record for like most workout VHSs sold, which like is not possible these days, obviously. I know. No one's going to buy a VHS. So yeah, I've been in the industry for a while, but I never really thought about it as a career because mm -hmm. it's just, I don't know. You just don't really think about it also. Right. You're like, you're younger and stuff. And 
I don't really know how it happened in the fitness industry. And so I graduated college and thank goodness, like social media was a thing when I was graduating and that's how I really got started. Did you go to school for fitness or did you just grow up around it? And then that's kind of like self-taught. So honestly, I don't, I didn't get a actual like degree in college for fitness. I emphasized in health, but I'm a certified group first personal trainer and stuff. And I also have, you know, like my health degree, um, in a, in a separate thing, but at the same time, like I went to USC for broadcast journalism and because I was mm-hmm. an athlete there, I was an athlete my entire life. And it was just like very instilled in me from a young age. My dad is a professional right. athlete. My mom is, you know, a fitness guru. My right. sister was number one in the nation for lacrosse. So we just come from a very athletic wow. background. Yeah. So honestly, you guys are built athlete, different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Being an athlete my whole entire life, you know, it was like I always had a coach training me and like really putting me through workouts. And then my mom, obviously, um, you know, taught me everything I need to know about teaching workouts. And so when I graduated and I stopped playing lacrosse, it was like a really weird thing for me to not work out with a coach anymore. And I really mm. struggled. Like, what the hell do I do in the gym? How do I work out at home? I don't really feel comfortable going to the gym because I always had a set routine of like my coach telling right. me what to do. And so I decided like other girls will probably feel the exact same way. And so I just started creating workouts that, and thank God I've gotten better at them because if you go back to like 2015, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm just on like, my app. I don't know if we should watch those. I don't know. I think they're gone. Like, I don't know what happened to that app. I don't know what company that was with. I don't remember anything about it, but I do remember doing some workout videos with you in your apartment and it was really fun. Um, did you ever feel like, because for me, personally. It took me a while to get to a point, which I feel like I just got to recently where it's like, oh, my dog. Um, I just started to like enjoy working out where it's not a chore anymore. And anytime I talk to my sister, she's like, I don't like working out because I have such a negative relationship with it because I correlate it with losing weight and feeling like I'm not good enough and just anything in that realm. And I kind of want to just like hear your advice to maybe somebody listening that like, what was that mental switch or if you even ever had that or maybe you didn't, you always loved it. Extremely relatable. And for someone like me, it's coming from an athlete. I actually didn't work out after I moved on from lacrosse. I didn't work out for like 10 months because I was like, and I know this word sounds very extreme, but it is really extreme when you've been in a division one sport and it's like, every day at 5am. It's traumatizing. I would work Mm. out till I threw up. And honestly, that's not good for anyone's body. I'd work out for four hours a day. And that was my entire life. Like middle school, I had run tests and lift tests and I'd max out lifting. And so I had a very bad relationship with working out because it was always training way too hard. It was so intimidating. I would be an anxiety ball because I hated working out so much. And so once you find out that working out isn't about losing weight unless you want it to be, or working out isn't about training your absolute hardest. It doesn't need to be so intimidating. It's really just to make you feel your like your best self. And also it's to boost your confidence. It's for your heart health. You know, going on a 30 minute walk is working out. Doing a right. five minute ab routine is working out. You don't need to work out for an hour every day and max out lifting and push yourself to extreme limits. You know, some people aren't really built like that and that is totally okay. It's all right. about working out for how you feel on the inside and not really working out to, you know, for the aesthetic or for training for something unless you are. And to switch that mindset takes a lot of time. So give yourself grace because it took me years to get out of the, you know, the traumatized state. And I still to this day can't go to Barry's boot camp because it still reminds me of my practices. And I'm like, hell no, this is (laughs) is not for me because I don't really 
I don't really respond well. And I know I'm a trainer myself, but I don't really respond well to being yelled at to push myself to absolute extremes throwing up. And I don't think anyone should if you're not really training for something. So um, it's just about switching the mindset to having fun. And I know that sounds so cliche, but it's true. It is true. I feel like that is like the most important thing when you're working out or when you're trying to get into like a good routine, because I think always, at least for me, it's kind of hard to start. But once you're in it, you really do mentally feel so much better that it kind of becomes like an addiction where even it's like, I don't push myself in the gym for over an hour. Like I go and I walk on the treadmill for 30 minutes and I leave and I'm like content and that's like perfect. And that's great. And you actually, yeah, you brought up a really good point of like, once you start, and I think that's the hardest thing is just starting. And so for Mm -hmm. me, I always lie to myself and I say, okay, I'm just going to do this for like five minutes for 10 minutes. And I lie to myself to get me motivated to just start. And then once you're five, 10 minutes in, you're just going to keep going because you realize you're getting so much more positive. You're getting more energetic. You're feeling more confident and you feel really good about doing it. So just not pushing yourself to places that you feel so intimidated by it. Right. Sadly, these days, social media affects body confidence crazy amounts. Um, Is this something that you've ever faced or learned to overcome? Or do you have like any special tips? Or are you still dealing with it like I am? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's very normal to, especially in your teens and your 20s, to go through waves of confidence too. Some days you feel absolutely amazing. Some days are just not your best. And as females, we have a lot of hormones and mood switches. So that just in turn doesn't help us. I will say for me, going back to like, say my college days, it was really hard for me, especially after I graduated, because I had a different muscular body type. And then once you stop training, it's like, well, why do I have this? I want to fit in with like, in quotes, LA girls, and they're skinnier. And you have that like body image issue, because you Mm -hmm. don't, you're not training anymore. And then you're what do you like, you're just hard to really um, understand how your body's supposed to look and how you're supposed right. to work out afterwards, especially after college and like what to do and figuring that all out. And so to be honest, that was probably my hardest body, body image issues. And it takes a very, very long time to figure out what's right for you and your body. I will say, obviously social media is the number one, um, harmful thing you could do to yourself if you are having body comparison issues and stop comparing yourself to everyone online, because it's, first up, just like not real. And unfortunately, sometimes there are going to be, you know, always prettier girls than you, skinnier girls, fitter girls than you, smarter. There's always going to be someone smarter than you and prettier than you. My mom always told me growing growing up, like there's always going to be somebody that's, or something that's like better than what you're doing or something that's a little bit more skilled, but nobody is you. That's what she would always say. Like when I was literally exactly what I was about to say. And it's so freaking true, but I will say it takes a lot, a long time. I'm 28 now. So it takes like a long time to really realize that. Right. And, and I think that's the beauty of growing up because you start to a care less about what people think. You start to really just focus on yourself. And you also realize that those flaws you're so worried about are so natural, like cellulite, yeah. for example, or like acne on your skin. It is so normal. It is so okay. 99% of women out there have it. And that's like the beauty of mm-hmm. a female body too, and embracing all those things. Again, it's so cliche, but it's so freaking true. It's like cellulite is one of the reasons we can bear children because we have enough right. fat on our body to go through that. And so right. it's 
switching the perspective and realizing how grateful you are. I think if you ever do go through those days, and obviously I do too, it's like switching the perspective. It's like, get off social media, remind yourself what is amazing about you and why Mm. you're so grateful. Like anyone would kill to be in your shoes. Right. And I also think that you have to remember guys, it's like, you're seeing everybody's best moments. And I always talk about this, but take it from somebody like me who puts out photos of their best moments and of the angles that look good and bikini photos of like a certain angle because I'm like, oh, I look really cute in that. But if you saw the other 10 photos that are after it, like I look like a normal human being because I'm not perfectly sat up with like my stomach sucked in and twisted a certain way. Like it's so easy to think like, oh my God, she just looks perfect all the time when it's like, nope, that went through severe angles and different types of like photo shoots. And like you just have to remind yourself of that. Yeah, it's so true. Um, One thing that I love, is you balance fun and health really, really well. <laughs> How you. important is balance for you and like a typical day in your life? What does it look like? Yeah, I think some people might be shocked at how much I um, balance my life and indulge. I will say I'm really lucky in a sense that um, genetics also play a really huge role that I'm able to um, eat a lot of, you know, uh, unhealthy foods at the same time while enjoying my healthy foods. And I think it's all, I, I, again, the word balance is so vague, but it's the truth mm-hmm. of how I live my life. And it's like eating, my mom always said to like eat good 80% of the time and enjoy your treats and indulge 20% of the time. And life is meant to be lived. I think you can still lose weight if you're trying to. I think you can still maintain your weight as well and still be really healthy by living life in moderation. And so living life in moderation yeah. means, you know, still having those moments where you you want to eat chocolate at night because you freaking can. And if you restrict yourself, if you don't let yourself eat what you want and intuitively eat, you're just going to go the opposite direction and start to binge eat and then feel really Been guilty there. about Yeah. And it's crazy how much it happens because like you just have to learn about you and your body. Like some people always say like, oh, try intermittent fasting. It really helps. For me, I cannot intermittent fast because if I skip breakfast, I'm eating 10 times more dessert at night. And so you just learn how your body works. And that comes with growing up as well and trying right. different things out. Um, and once you learn that if you have a cheeseburger on a Tuesday night, it's not going to set you back a month or even a week. Right. You are totally fine. You're human. And to just not be so damn hard on yourself. Exactly. And what's really funny, actually, is you just said the 80-20 rule. And that's a question I had written down for you. I was going to say, do you believe in that? Is that something you like live by? Because, you know, people always, there's all these different fads and diets and things that people should and shouldn't do. And that one's a big one. But I think so, like the overall message is moderation. And my mom always told me that growing up. She's just like, not with food, because she doesn't know anything about fitness and health, but just with like anything in life. She's like, yeah, everything right. in moderation. Right. I mean, 80-20 is a little strict, I would say. Like if one week you're like 50-50 or right. 60-40, just know that you're human and, and it's not like a strict rule. I don't really believe in really strict rules or guidelines or anything like that. I just think, you know, eating what makes you feel good and looking at food as fuel and not looking at it as anything like, mm. okay, so this has how many calories in this right here? It's looking at it like, how will this feed and fuel my body? What nutrients is in this right now that is going to either energize me or exhaust me or what's good for me in this and looking at it that way and like the antioxidants, the vitamins in it, instead of like looking at it being like, okay, so that has 30 grams of carbs because also right. carbs are really good for 
you. Um, I was, that is so weird. You just said that you took the, I was going to say, can we please talk about carbs and how they aren't scary? They're not scary. I have a piece. They're of good. Sourdough toast. They're good. Especially if you work out, you need carbs. I have a piece of sourdough toast every single day. If you're going to eat bread, I say eat sourdough bread. I actually literally just had a piece of toast like 10 minutes before this interview. <laughs> and I need it too. Carbs are the one thing that like, A, leave me feeling very energized um, and be full for longer at the same time. It's mm-hmm. fi- a fiber and carbs really help me feel full for longer. Whenever I go with like just having a salad and a meal, I'm like, okay, what's my next meal? Like an hour right. later. So don't restrict yourself because then you're just going to, you know, do the opposite of what you wanted to do in the end. Exactly. I'm so with you on that because people that are scared of carbs, I'm like, I don't get it. Cause if I have a salad, I, just what you said, I'm eating snacks on snacks on snacks right after not even like an hour like I'm right yeah. after into my yeah. pantry like which obviously a salad sometimes is great and I love it but like every like if you're so terrified of it I feel like it can do the exact opposite effect of what you're trying to do and also like it's if you find healthy ones obviously we're not saying like every day if you're trying to get in maximum like best shape of your life having pizza and pasta and like right but right like rice and bread and all of that. I feel like people, there's such a negative connotation just because it is a carb when it's like, I eat that totally. literally every day. Totally. And- I, I fully, fully agree. And if you are the type of person who wants to, you know, obviously eat pasta because pasta is not bad for you whatsoever, but there's always like little things you can do to make it a little bit healthier. I'm mm-hmm. a huge believer in still eating like pizza and pasta, but doing little fixes and switches. So like in your pasta, maybe adding three vegetables or, you know, ch- switching it out for like chickpea pasta. So like little things that you guys can still enjoy your life, but making sure you're still getting in some nutrients. Right. Okay, switching the topic from carbs and food. I want to get personal. Um, personal. <laughs> you, you just moved in with your boyfriend, correct? I did. Yes. Yes. How is that? <laughs> What's Honestly, it like? Um, I think this might be the first time I'm talking about it, like on um, an interview. But it's really great because have you ever been in a relationship where you are scheduling out when you can see them, like constantly? Yeah. And it's not fun. It kind of takes like the fun and, and it's like kind of stressful. It's like, okay, wait. So if we're hanging out on Tuesday, then I could do something with my friends on a Wednesday. And then you go out of town for a week. It's just like right. taking all that stress away of, you know, like living together. It's just like, we'll see each other when we see each other. I will say you hang out a lot less than you think you do. Like he goes to work every day. And right. He travels and stuff. And I do my own thing too. So it's really just like reduced stress in both of our lives. We are on the same page about everything. And also... It, you just get that point to your life where you know that it's time to move in with someone. And mm. we got to age 27 and we were very much so in love and we bought a house together and it's kind of crazy because I feel so old. Um, no, you're I, I not. Really, it's so beautiful. I know, but I age, I age so much by living in this house with him because it's like the other day we're like looking for a lint roller. I'm like, when did this happen? I was just partying at Warwick Wednesdays. I don't know what is going on. <laughs> but so I was talking to somebody recently. Oh, we were like, oh my God, they just opened this smoothie shop down the street. And we're like, 
does that we're excited about like a little random smoothie shop being opened or we were talking about a vacuum and we were like me and my friends and we were like oh my god this vacuum is so good we're like is this is this adulting we're excited over a vacuum like what is going on yeah it's the little things in life truly what's some advice you have for people that are thinking about moving in with their significant other like anything you've learned from being I have learned is space is definitely necessary and doing your own thing. And what I think about like living together is being so independent by still mm. like doing your own thing and not fully basing your life off of someone else. Because it's, I mean, obviously when you're in love with someone too, you want to be with them, but also right. remember like your friends, your best friends are your really, really important to you, your family, your career. So like still doing things that make you, you and not coming fully dependent on the person. Um, And something also too, like if you want to watch a different show, watch a different show, like do your own thing, go to bed earlier if you want to. You don't have to do everything that your partner does. And that took a few months because we're just so excited to live together. And then I I literally was like, I want to go up at nine. He's like, well, I want to go up at 10. I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Go upstairs, go to sleep. Right. it takes a little while to learn that, but still being independent is really important. Yeah. I feel like my thing, if I were to live with somebody like a significant other, the only thing I think that would really get on my nerves is if they were like really messy because when I lived with my sister, she is so messy and she would disagree with me, but I'm just going to say she was the messy one and I could not stand it. So props to couples that, and I'm talking about my sister, who's my blood. (laughs) <laughs> and I would be so annoyed. So like props to couples that live together and one's a mess because that's one thing I could not. It's me. In. It's me. Okay. Um, so that's good at least. Yeah. So my boyfriend is so clean to the point where I don't know how he does it. He's like very, very cleanly and I'm the messy one and he keeps me in check. Like that's our, I think that's our main problem. I'm messy. <laughs> that's honestly good though for you because like, at least it doesn't bother you. <laughs> No, no, it bothers me that he bothers me to clean. And I'm like, yeah, I probably should. No, I probably should. No, I get it. But, <laughs> you know, you'll figure it out as time goes on. Yeah, um, yeah. What's next for you? Like career goals, dreams. Obviously, you have Sports Illustrated coming out, which is crazy and huge. And do you have anything else that's like bucket list? So I would say Sports Illustrated is at the top of the list right now, just in terms of like a career milestone. And it's like really cool right. to finally be a part of the family and the community and like going to Sports Illustrated Swimsuit launch and like being a part of like all the day, like the rookie debut, which is really crazy. Um, And kind of just celebrating little by little, like where I've come, how far I've come, because I'm always the type of person to, you know, my entire twenties, I basically would be like, what's next? What's next? How can I get further? Like, I'm not doing enough. I'm, I'm not working hard enough. I need to do this, this, this. And to be honest, I'm finally at a place where I'm like, Hey, you can chill out. You don't need to always think about like the next thing. You can be proud of yourself and celebrate the small wins and the milestones and look back how far you've come. Like my 21 year old Mm. self would be so proud of where I am today. So taking it a little slower, being patient, but also love that starting um, season two of my show, Austin AF soon. And honestly, I really love Snapchat. Continuing on Snapchat is (laughs) so random. I've lost my Snapchat. Um, obsession well I still like snapchat my friends like privately but I don't ever like I forgot I think I still have a public snapchat but I don't know how to like use it just basically repost everything that you do on instagram to snapchat do people still use snapchat do you get views on snapchat 
I get about 9 million impressions a day. So that's why I love Snapchat so much. It's my what biggest platform. It's like my like child baby. And also there's so much money in Snapchat that people don't really understand. This is like my hidden secret because everyone's focusing on TikTok, right? Like literally right. every creator is like, how can I grow on TikTok? And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go a path that I don't think a lot of people know about is Snapchat. Yeah, totally. Snapchat has the same type of like, you know, algorithm where new creators can be found. My friend posted on Snapchat for the first time she got on Explore and she got 200K views in a day for the first time ever wow. because less creators are using it. So you always want to use a platform that less mm. creators, but the same amount of users. So you're still on Snapchat because you like to do it with your friends, but you're right. not a create. if you're not creating anymore, you're not a creator. So there's still the same amount of users, but less creators. So if you're a creator out there, I highly suggest it. That's really, really smart. Uh, catch me posting all over Snapchat again. <laughs> I'm gonna see you on my for, on my not my for you page, my explore page. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> literally, I'm gonna have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm just gonna be trying it for whatever. But I love what you said about um, being patient because I really resonate with that, especially right now. I feel like I've put so much pressure on myself, and I think so many young girls and boys as well that maybe follow us or hear or watch our stuff that. Um, Obviously, with social media, it's so easy to compare yourself like we were talking about earlier, but it's so easy to be so hard on yourself if you feel like you're not doing enough. And I I was taking a drive, like a long drive by myself yesterday. I literally started talking out loud to myself and I was like, you're 22. Like, you need to stop being so hard on yourself. You need to stop feeling like your world is over and that like you everything up and you're never going to get anything back. And like everything is done, like you are doing great and you're you're kind to people. And like, that's what matters. And like, continue doing that and just like it's so hard to like, I think for so many people too, that aren't even in this space, but watch people in this space and want to be a part of it and feel like so lost. And I just always want to remind people like we can relate to that to a certain degree too, because even though we're in this space that so many people dream of, we're humans and we're looking at other people that are further along. And I'm like, well, damn, I'm not doing that. You know what I mean? So true. And I think feeling lost is a really relatable thing, especially in your twenties, because you go through so many different life moments and changes. Your brain essentially changes as well in your 20s. Your passions change. Some people might not know their passions or what they want to do as well. So, um, you know, in your 20s, your friend could be married. I have three friends married and pregnant and I'm just in a relationship or you could be single. My best friend is 30 and single. And so you literally go through so many different stages of your life and you'd also try to figure out who who your friends are still, what your passion, what you really want out of career. And so don't be too hard on yourself because no one has it figured out. And if they do, they are lying. (laughs) They're lying. And it's so, yeah, there's so much pressure. I feel like also with people coming like around, I feel like my age, demographic is around like college kids or people that are just about to graduate. And that's a really frightening time. Um, for you, did you know when you were graduating, like, this is what I wanted, I'm going to like fully indulge in fitness now, or were you like a little like, Oh God, I got to figure this out. Not at all. And I think it's absolutely absurd because I committed to my college and they were pressuring me at age 15. How the heck are you supposed to know what to do at age 15? Even people who are going to college at age 18, you don't even know who you are. You are literally Mm. so young. You have an entire life to live. And so 
taking that pressure off you is just so important because every single person in, in the world is going through it too. And if you do know exactly what you're going to do with your life, congratulations, because you are the 0.0001% as well. Yeah. Like, how are you even supposed to know your major of college yet? These colleges make you decide your major even, which is absolutely insane. And so just to not be too hard on yourself and everything you do is for a reason. I truly believe that like everything you do will lead you to somewhere that you need to be. Even if you think like, Oh my gosh, I did this in the last for two years. And now I am switching my mind. I don't want to do this anymore. You did whatever that was that you disliked to find out that you didn't like it. So right. finding out what you don't like is just as important as finding out what you do like. Like, for example, I always relate this back to my dad because my dad has like a crazy story. He basically was a professional tennis player at age 28, he was like, I don't want to be in, a, in I don't want to be a professional athlete anymore. What am I going to do? Went to law school at 29, graduated by like 33, 33, he became a divorce lawyer and he like hated his life and then became a criminal lawyer. And he was like 38 and he was 38 years old and still didn't have a passion. And so after that, he decided to get into representing tennis players like combining his love for law and his tennis background. So wow. again, you don't do anything in like in vain for no reason. And then from there became a basketball agent. And now he represents at age 70 years old, he represents the top basketball players in the entire world. And so I want to just like always say that because at 28, he didn't know what he was doing. He had just quit his sport that he was doing his entire life. He graduated from law school at 33. Like it just happens for a reason. And when that it makes happens, me feel so happen. much better. <laughs> Yeah, that makes me feel so much better. Yeah, you're right. And he he always like reminds that to me too, which is so kind of him. Wow, that makes me feel really good actually because I'm at a point in my life right now where I'm low-key in my head just like, what the f*** am I doing? Like, figure it out, but it's, whew, okay, 28. <laughs> <laughs> and also you're going to look back, like I look back, I'm 28 now and I look back at my 22-year-old self and not that I like feel bad, but I feel so bad for myself for putting so much pressure on me. I feel so yeah. bad for myself for rushing things. And I just w wish I gave myself more grace. So if you are younger than 25 out there, give yourself grace. I mean, cut yourself everyone, some slack. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. I want to end it on that note because I really love that. So thank you so much for coming on my podcast and spitting out all this wisdom and great advice. And I know so many young girls and boys that listen are going to really benefit. So I appreciate you so much. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening. And thanks, Olivia, for having me on. Of course. Is there anything else you want to plug? Like your show, your Instagram? Yeah, sure. Follow me on Instagram at Katie Austin. I'm literally at Katie Austin on every platform. And if you guys want to follow me on Snapchat too, go for it. I do recipes on there. Yay. Thank you so much, Katie. Thanks, Olivia. All right. Bye. Mwah.